So we have less people on the call today. So if people wanted to use your cameras, that might work. That might work. I mean, we get to see each other's faces. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new week. Hello. Thanks for coming back or joining us afresh. I feel like it's romper room and I'm looking at my computer and I can say, <laughs> I see Roy and I see Basil and I see Christine. <laughs> I see Ellen. Welcome to the island, Dr. Anderson. <laughs> We're in Lee and Chris and Jess and Bertha and Jason and Linda and yeah, we could go on. Mickey, Chris. I think we get everyone on one page today so far. The ultimate Brady Bunch. That's fancy. Or uh, Hollywood Squares, if you're old enough to remember that. Um, at any rate, we're on the radio as well. Um, so for our friends who are listening on radio, we have about 20, uh, 20-ish folks on a Zoom call uh, right now. And um, Nova's going to... Eton uh, is our technical host, and Andrea Fisher and myself, Karen Carrington, our support, and Nova is our... Um, our leader of this meeting. So maybe over to you, Nova, what, what are we going to do today? Okay, well, well, welcome. This is all, <clears throat> as you well know, a complete just build the bridge as we walk over it trial situation. So really continue to uh, welcome your feedback about how to make these spaces as useful as we possibly can to the community. Um, and maybe there's different ways of holding Zoom spaces in more focused groups. Really, really happy to, to receive your thoughts um, over time on how to do this really well. So it was a, a week since we met last. Um, so just as a refresh for anybody who's sort of joining us new, I hosted three meetings a couple of weeks ago with representatives from nonprofits and community organizations on the island to help coordinate uh, a number of our efforts and share our responses to the COVID situation. And um, Roy Hales and Rochelle and others did a pretty good job of, of uh, reporting those out to the community. Then a week ago today, we gathered for the first time, there were about 60 or so folks, I think, who joined us and in this Zoom space. And really we spent the time providing updates. So there was updates from the clinics and the stores and various community organizations, and it was really information heavy. And then we spent the, the latter part of the time just doing Q&A. So it was really all information out. And what we heard at the end is that there was a real interest in actually discussing between you and sharing information and, and checking in with each other and how are you. So today what we had designed uh, was much more just a little bit of updates at the beginning and then really allowing space for discussion between you with some suggested um, topics of, of conversation, but open open beyond that, obviously, as well. And welcome to everyone on the radio. Last week, we did raise $3,200 on the call for the food bank, which was just awesome. And I know that there's been at least a 2000 come in since then, uh, which is just great. It looks like the food bank is really going to ramp up into a, a new kind of service delivery, and I'll get into that a little bit. Just want to offer at the beginning that we... These are really intense times. I mean, we still are the most privileged on the planet at so many levels, um, but it's still really intense. And I've been hearing stories about how people are coping with that differently or cracking in different ways. 
And just to be really human and share with you, uh, yesterday I'm growing little little starts, little baby plants, and I have them all precariously set up on the windowsill. And my three-year-old daughter comes in and upends a whole bunch of them. And I lost it on her. Like, I lost it on her in a way that's completely inappropriate. And I had to apologize profusely to everybody in the household and have a big cry and realized I hold my anxiety around food security. So that's where I go. And I've certainly heard other people have it in, in all kinds of different ways. So even in these most privileged of circumstances of having spaciousness and sense of purpose and belonging and community and, um, and good healthcare systems and all of these things, it's still really hard time. So I just, I offer, um, sort of patience and love to yourself as well as those around you. These are, we're, we're walking into the great unknown. And a dear friend of mine said to me the other day, it's the great mystery. But however you frame that, we're moving into times, I think, increasingly of probably wave after wave with hopefully some spaciousness in between of the great mystery. Uh, and there will be times of disruption for probably the rest of my life in all kinds of different ways. And so the, the mechanisms that we're creating as community to respond well is so deeply important. And I'm, I'm just, again, really, really honored to live here in this community as we go through this. Um, so I do see that uh, Ellen Anderson is here. She's um, the head doctor with our team this week or the next couple of weeks, and she's gonna provide a bit of an update as is, I believe, somebody from CETA. I, I see Adam, but I think maybe Lonnie was gonna do that. And then we'll break out into breakout groups. But just before that, I wanted to share with the group here some high-level updates about what's been happening between various organizational conversations that I've been privy to in the last week. Uh, where to start? The community's attention in the conversations I've been part of are on the immediate needs. <clears throat> there are some percolating pieces around long-term resiliency, but really the attention is food, money, delivery, access to health, these immediate things right now. And so I've been having conversations with, the, with people at the clinic, with the um, community halls, with the stores, with the, the Cortez Community Economic Development Association with Linnea, uh, with the Community Health Association, sort of the Family Support Coordinator and the Augmented Home Support. And what is emerging, <clears throat> it looks like, and these are early days, so I'm not going to give you details, but what looks like is emerging is sort of a, a four-pronged response to the, to the early needs. One is application to some funding that's coming down from the province through the regional district system to help with systems navigation. And that seems to be the most critical for people right now is there's so many opportunities, financial opportunities coming from different layers of the levels of government and it's really hard to know where to navigate. So it looks like the health association is putting together um, some kind of proposal to hire somebody to help people work through just where to plug into the different opportunities available. And it may well be that the Economic Development Association is, is plugging in and supporting that, especially when it, when it comes to businesses. The next 
I would say immediate pieces around food bank, food security, food delivery. And there's a number of interesting moving parts to that. It looks like the, the Southern Cortez Community Association, which is the organization that runs Manson's Hall and is the umbrella to the food bank, probably will be applying into that same pot of funding from the province through the, through the region to do food delivery, um, probably in support in conjunction with some of the stores and the food bank. Uh, there's, there's funds for delivery. There's been some discussion around how the food bank can really be a much more um, a service that meets the needs of the users better in terms of their ability to re directly shop rather than just having a food hamper. The connection between the food bank and growers and how to be supporting local growers here on the island is a really interesting piece, perhaps with some tokens. Um, how to coordinate the, the delivery pieces of it, how to have it be more generative and a, a little... I'm hearing from people who would or have used the food bank that there's just a lot of social barriers to doing so. So how we can break some of those down, especially in these times when so many of us are in extraordinary circumstances and financially precarious. So some, I just want to report that there's some really interesting pieces coming together and organizations working together in really neat ways around that. Um, the third, I would say, has to do with some projects that the Community Economic Development Organization is working on around some potentially local currency pieces, some um, skills sharing resource directory pieces, some um, Oh, what, what's it called? The investment co-op, like how to how to land some of these longer term visions that we've had. Uh, and then the fourth interesting conversation I was part of today with uh, that Linnea Farm spearheaded with a number of other key players around how to be more generative and coordinative in our food production. So the, the gardening here on the island, rather than necessarily opening up a bunch of community gardens exclusively, how can we grow gardens for the community? So how can we help coordinate a number of different growers and uh, people with land and uh, bring some education to bear that we can really create the greatest abundance in terms of our, our food systems here that we're growing physically in the dirt and in the oceans here on the island. Um, so those, just to let you know, those conversations are very alive and I'm really proud of how the organization together um, to to make those happen. Uh, and then I guess the last thing I'll say before I turn it over to Ellen is just planting some seeds around the really long term. I've, I've had a few people really rightly so reach out and say, look, we've got this phenomenal opportunity. If we can see it as such, we have a labor force for the first time ever in the summer. There's a number of people who worked in shellfish or in tourism or in various other things who now have availability of time. And there's a number of projects that we have wanted to do for a long time as a community that it's really hard to find labor force for. So can we find a way as the immediate financial and food needs are met for people, can we find a way as a community beginning to pair those things? And I expect that if the leadership in this community which is so many of you, come together and create a common vision, we will have no problem sourcing funds for that, whether that is philanthropic or um, investment co-op or 
um, business opportunities. There's there's lots of ways of making these things happen. And so as we get over the initial <coughs> of all of this, we're starting to hear from various sources that we're in this for the medium to long run. <coughs> Truth is nobody knows, is this months or years? And at, at some point we, we as humans can't be apart forever. And so how does that start to break down and how do we do that in the most responsible and mindful and heartfelt way and anyway so we're, we're in the mystery we're in the unknown but I'm I'm delighted that people are working for the immediate needs and beginning to see how we can pair opportunities um, in the weeks and months to come so really I'd like to just invite uh, I think Linda and then somebody from CETA to do a brief sorry not Linda Ellen to do a brief update unless there's somebody else here that really had something that they very much wanted to share with the whole group. And then we'll spend most of our time in some breakout sessions. But before we break out, I, I would suggest that we all unmute ourselves and see, do you have any other suggestions of breakout groups um, or anything else we need to know before we um, part that way? So Ellen, welcome to Cortez. Ellen is one of the, the core team of doctors here. If you can unmute yourself and unvideo stop yourself and uh, Ellen had some pieces to share with us around what's happening at the clinic as well as what the clinic's re response if any would be in the case of confirmed COVID. I get lots of questions about that. We just need to know what the clinic would say to us if anything. Um, okay. So thank you um, Ellen. welcome. Yeah I've, I've got a terrible Wi-Fi link here so oh. I may have to stop my video. If is, Can everybody hear me okay? So far so good. So far, so good. Okay. Um, I, so I've turned the video off. Is that better? It was good with the video on. It was all good. It was all good? Okay. It, it Stuff pixelates for me, so it's probably just my Wi-Fi. Um, I have four things that I just want to update people about. I totally understand that knowledge is power and people are very, it's very important for people to be as transparent as possible and to share information because that's the key to life on the island. However, um, we are not in a position at the clinic to share any information about positive COVID-19 tests or individuals or even whether it is or is not on the, on the island. Um, the law is that we have to maintain complete confidentiality. So my suggestion to people in the community is assume that it is on the island and behave as if it is. And much like the Prime Minister of New Zealand has suggested to Kiwis, assume that you have COVID-19 and behave as if you do. Um, because I think that actually keeps everybody safer if we operate that way. So the second key message is, is that the testing... Um, guidelines have actually changed, but that does not mean that our process at the clinic has changed. So we still want people to call if you have symptoms and suspect that you have COVID-19. We need to speak with you to determine if, when, and how we can do a test um, because we actually still have to meet certain clinical criteria in order for that test to be run by the health authority. So nothing there has changed except that we will be doing a lot more testing. The downside of that is we have limited personal protective equipment, and as soon as we start doing more testing, we start burning through our PPE 
quite quickly. And so we're trying to book tests um, at a particular time of day, at the end of the day. Um, the stuff like gowns and gloves, we can change. Our face shields and masks, we, we want to be able to use one set rather than 15. Um, so we're just going through a series of processes at the clinic to try and preserve our limited supply of PPE to test all the people who do need testing and to keep everybody safe in the process, including our staff. Um, and I guess the third message is um, that we are having trouble getting those PPE or the COVID-19 swabs off the island. Lane, is it Lane 8, takes them Tuesday and Thursday mornings only. And I'm looking for a business on the island that might be going to town on Wednesdays not this Friday because it's Good Friday, but other Fridays, who would be willing to take carefully packaged biohazard swabs, which would not be pose any hazard to the person handling them, um, and drop them off for us. It's got to be a secure transfer, and normally we wouldn't even consider doing this, but these are difficult times, and we do need to get those swabs to town quickly. They can't sit around for two or three days. So, um, and then lastly, Ellen, I'm seeing that Bill Dugan at the Gorge says that they can take them to town on Friday mornings. On a, on a Friday, okay. Um, this Friday is Good Friday, and we'll be sending swabs out Thursday, but we probably won't be doing any more swabs till Monday after Thursday. Or after, yeah. Thank you, Bill. I'll, I'll give you a call. And if anybody does make trips to town on Wednesday, that's another possibility that we would need help with. Um, and then lastly, I think uh, I've sent Nova a link to a StatsCan survey. Um, she's got it in her email and, and can share it if, if you wish, which is looking at the impact of um, the coronavirus pandemic on the larger population in Canada. And if you are interested in participating, I know StatsCan appreciates participation. They're really trying to look at kind of the social and health and other impacts on communities. So if there's any specific questions about clinic policies or anything like that, I'm happy to answer them at this point. Looks like the Gorge is offering some support. Thank you. We'll, we'll be in touch. And I'm seeing a question here. Are you able to disclose how many COVID tests you run? No, because I actually don't know. <laughs> I, I arrived Sunday, started Monday, and um, I have no idea what's, how many tests Stephanie did. Is, we is have that very that the clinic tracks, and would it be releasable? You don't know it right now, but is that something that is releasable? Uh, no, okay. it's not. And we actually have a pretty limited supply of swabs. That's the other thing. So we are still having to choose carefully who we're swabbing. But as I say, we are swabbing more people than we were. At what point would the public be allowed to know if somebody tests positive on the island? Um, you know, I totally understand that people have a desire to know. On the other hand, I have to follow Bonnie Henry's guidelines, which is she actually does not release information about which communities have COVID-19. It's a different matter when it's an extended care facility or an assisted living facility. Um, those are closed communities and that information the public health folks can share. But as far as community by community, that's not something that we're allowed to disclose. 
Thank you. Ellen, I have a question for Ellen. It's, it's Karen uh, Carrington. Ellen, can you explain? I understand that's public policy that they can't. Um, they do it by regional health district and not by municipality or town when they're disclosing numbers of infections. Mm -hmm. Can you explain the public policy rationale behind that? I just am curious. I don't fully understand it. Um, so I think Bonnie Henry's probably been fairly eloquent about this. Um, I, I think people are entitled to privacy. Many communities are small. There's often a lot of, you know, speculation and, and gossip. And we've already seen there's a difference between communities kind of closing off from the outside world to protect themselves, to not let the disease into the community and kind of vigilante justice. And so I think there's, there's always been a sort of general, um, uh, what's the word? There's just been a general proscription against identifying communities, particularly small communities. So that is, that's basically enshrined in law in British Columbia. And I, I'm sorry, I can't be more articulate about that. I, I, I think if you look at Bonnie Henry's um, press release, I believe it was either yesterday or the day before, she does address that. It's a good answer. You're a doctor, not a politician. Mm, you're right. So the politician did just put the doctor's link in the chat. So it, the impacts on COVID-19 on Canadians, Ellen, you're saying this is something that Stats Can is doing, yes. asking people to complete. So the link is there. And for anybody on the radio, uh, I'm sure that if you Google Stats Can COVID-19 survey, it's probably there. It's uh, www.statscan.gc.ca. Um, and then you can uh, probably find the link from there. Thank you, Ellen. Okay. I'm going to check out if that's all right, unless there's more questions. In, anything else critical from people? Um, somebody said, though the clinic can't disclose anything, individuals can disclose their own status if they test positive. This could let us do bottom-up contact tracing on island and help limit infections. Certainly people can disclose individually. Yeah, I would, I would want to say something about contact tracing. And if we do have positive swabs, public health will be doing contact tracing. Um, contact tracing is meant to be discreet and um, non-pejorative, and they absolutely would be the people who would do that contact tracing um, and notify people who need to um, be tested. Thank you, Ellen, not only for joining us, but for your day yesterday, today, and you're here for a week or two, are you? Two weeks, yeah. Great. Thank you so much for okay. your care. All right. Take care. <laughs> that was Alan. Um, my three-year-old just came into the room because there's not a whole lot of kid care around these days. Uh, it, does somebody from the Economic Development Association want to share a bit of an update? Sure. I, I would have, um, Basil might have things to contribute as well. Um, uh, Lonnie was going to join this meeting she has she's busy in her garden which i think is a, a worthy activity so i offered to take that, this off her hand um i don't have much to share i think we're working on a bunch of pieces 
which we'll we'll be more ready to to speak about soon. Um, one thing that I will mention is we have a, a, a survey running or a few surveys, um, but particularly there's a survey for businesses and how they've been affected by the situation so far. <clears throat> and we will be probably convening uh, groups to help each other apply for funding support as well as as CETA providing information. So anyone who is running a business or a small enterprise or making something in your home that you normally sell at the market, any any scale of enterprise on Cortez, um, or if you're a nonprofit organization that's been impacted financially, please uh, fill out the survey. It's on Tideline. Um, and this will help us get a sense of what's happening on the island, what has the economic impact been, and what can we do to help folks get through this. Um, and then we'll go from there in terms of um, looking at what's our strategy for for being of assistance. And so far we've had we've had a bunch of responses and it's predictably fairly grim because of the the normal um, the amount of, of our economy that's normally dependent on tourism, which is completely gone at the moment. So please fill in the survey. And uh, one other piece, if anyone is not uh, or hasn't heard about this yet, there is a forum that we're still piloting, a discussion forum where there's conversations happening about all of the, the kinds of topics that are going on in these calls. So I will put the link in the chat again. And um, if anyone would like assistance with navigating the forum, I am available. And I'll put my email address here too. And we will also be, we're, one of the things that we're looking at is, as Nova said, like what, what sorts of, or it does see to have a role. And if so, what is it in helping folks on Cortez connect things that are needed with things that are offered? Um, it's not something that we've uh, sort of officially taken on as an organization yet, but some of us have been looking into it and it's likely to move forward in some way. So I think that's what I would say unless, uh, unless Basil has more to contribute. That was a great summary. Thanks, Adam. The only thing I'd like to add is that we are working on the community investment co-op and if anyone has an idea for a business that needs capital, it's never too early to let us know. We can help with some of the ideation and even some of the business planning. Great, thank you, Basil, and thank you, Adam. So, Karina, do I see your hand going up? Did you wanna speak? Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if anybody knows if um, pensioners, so real seniors over 65 with a pension, who are still also working some, qualify for the curb money or something else? Self-employed people. Anybody have a clear handle on that detail? Self-employed people are definitely eligible from what I've heard, um, whether they're, whether, whether a pension, 
someone with a pension, whether that affects eligibility, I don't know. But I will add it to a list of questions that I'm starting to compile on this topic. And then there may be, maybe that we'll have um, a CRB, CERB application Zoom party or something where we'll have somebody who knows answers to questions and people can be filling in the, the form with that support present. That's one, that's one possibility for how we might be helping such things. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, and I did get a, a phone call today from somebody who wanted me to make it abundantly clear, wasn't able to join the call, that um, as far as they understand, and I haven't heard understood differently, that evictions, rental evictions, are just not on at this time unless there's you know incredibly extenuating circumstances. And so that that is, as far as I understand, applicable then for anybody who had a sort of even a winter rental um, that there's very few circumstances that you can be asked to leave your home because of the need for um, for good self-isolation. So that that just makes our whole upcoming season a very different space here on the island. And so if people want support with navigating that, there's certainly um, there's certainly uh, help online through the government to do that. And we're working on trying to create a local systems navigator to help people here on Cortez. Any other just simple kind of questions and answers like this that people can ask and answer here on the call or put in the chat? And then um, after we're finished that component, I'd like to ask Aton or Karen to just walk us through the mechanics of breaking into some discussion groups. I'm going to jump. Thank you, Nova. I appreciate your time and everybody else. Good work. If I can be of any help, let me know. Can you be more specific? Help in what kind of form? Oh, no, I'm just, I was trying to say thank you and I don't, just to my neighbors and stuff. Yeah, if I can be of any help, let me know. Good work. And hopefully we all stay uh, safe and healthy. Thank you. Anyone else with a question or an, a specific offering? Okay, well, in the absence of that, um, Aton, could you just walk us through the, the breakout sessions and how these will work logistically? Um, well, the, certainly the intent was to be finished the call by seven, um, and I think it would be worthwhile coming back and having a little check-in at the end. So a, a spacious half hour, say quarter to seven. Um, and the breakout sessions, we've got five of them, and I think what's happening is I'm, I've got somebody in each that I've asked to just do super light facilitation, make sure notes are being taken, summaries, et cetera. So in the short-term access to food and food distribution, I think Karen and I are both there. Uh, food growing for the medium uh, to long-term, I am blanking on who that was. Mental health support, I think Andrea was going to go there. Desta is here for the children and families. And I see Maureen has joined us, I think, I think she might be offering to hold some space in the physical health and immune support. Uh, the food growing in the medium to long term, what, who have I forgotten there? 
Okay, well, how about I jump on that conversation then instead, and Karen, you hold down the um, the shorter-term food piece. Sure, absolutely. And just for people who are listening on the radio, uh, <laughs> the we're, we're not broadcasting the small groups, um, so I think Aton is going to give you some music. And I think, Nova, we're going to do these cut this. You've pledged to do these uh, virtual town halls weekly now for the next little while. Is that right? Thank you. We, we certainly have at this point. What I heard last week was that this was a valuable space and we should carry on with. Um, so for the next number of weeks, anyway, we'll try this at 530 on Tuesdays, um, broadcast live on the radio and available to anyone in the community to join. And I would really love your input to myself or Karen or, or um you know, anyone else around how to make these increasingly useful spaces. And if there, if we want other additional community Zoom spaces for specific topics or at different times, really open to that as well. Thank you for the reminder, Karen. And thanks to Hollyhock, we are indeed using Hollyhock's Zoom account because it's unlimited or a whole lot less limited than mine. Uh, so thanks to Aton, who is affiliated with Hollyhock, and uh, Peter and Andrea and Karen and others for supporting that space. So we'll see you hopefully back here in half an hour. And we're joining the wrap-up session of the community town hall on zoom just do a brief report out from those five groups which we would each literally have two minutes that would be our wrap uh, that would be a value are there any other burning questions or maybe that let's help frame it that way so two minutes per group um, are there any really key things you wanted to report out key next steps or really um, key questions that you wanted to ask of, of others in the community or other breakout groups. So who, what group wants to go first? Karen, you're right in the middle of my screen. Sure, so I'll report out from the immediate food security group. Um, so we were the stores, um, Bill, Bertha and Eric and Peter. Um, and it was really heartening to hear that um, no one has, has had any challenge in getting food supplies right now um you know there's little things like delays on yeast or something like that but small things and basically no no sense of any um disruptions in supply chain uh all th all three stores are that were on on the call so that's um that's birth of the co-op and the gorge um we're all doing delivery um and doing quite a lot of delivery um as well as pickup from people that are selling things um, so, and I think everyone is doing that um, uh, um, free of charge as um, it's very uh, community minded um, and just a lot of collaboration about how do we go forward from here. Um, and especially, you know, um, for Hollyhock and, and the stores, are we going to have a summer season on the island? 
mostly thinking that we're certainly not going to have the same summer season that we normally have. So either how do we start planning now for either a lesser season or no season in terms of employment and um, uh, supplies, that sort of thing. But um, but the good news is that um, all the uh, most stores are, are being are doing fabulous work as an essential service and um, feel like they'll be able to continue. Great. And we are essentially having summer demand in a non-summer time. So in some ways, we've created summer. <laughs> Ta-da! Uh, um, Maureen, d were you able to report out a little bit on the uh, health and wellness group? Welcome, Maureen. If you... Sure. There I am. Hi. So yeah, we had a nice, uh, just a nice chat about some things that um, that people can do at home to uh, to help to reduce the chance that their immune system will be hyper provoked, which seems like the main the main problem with this particular virus is that it stimulates a really uh, overly strong immune response and causes tons of inflammation and lots of tissue damage in the lungs. So we talked about various things people can do to reduce inflammation and kind of prepare themselves uh, for whatever symptoms they might get. We also did talk about a few things that people might do during an infection as well. Um, and then we talked about some other types of therapies like forest bathing and qigong and some joint movement, some water therapy, stress reduction. So we kind of had a list of things that we chatted about. I'd be happy to write something up from our conversation if that would help. That would be wonderful. I would love it if um, everyone who speaks, even just put a paragraph together, if it's a little longer, great, and send it to myself and Roy, and we'll make sure that that gets up in some kind of collected form from the call, because um, obviously it's our responsibility to share out as broadly as we can with the you know other thousand people who aren't here. Thank you, Maureen. Sure. Uh, Desta, did you hold down the the children and families conversation? Can you report out? Yes. Um, where am I? Hi. Um, so we had Christine and one other family join me today. I was hoping to have some more families, but it is dinner time ish. So um, just we talked about tomorrow is our pilot of doing a Zoom scavenger hunt with children. So we're looking forward to trying that. So anyone with kids out there, go on the tideline and see what they need to go out and find and they can come and join Christine tomorrow to show other kids on the island the treasures that they've found. So looking forward to that. Um, I'm, as family support coordinator, I'm looking at doing a needs assessment. I know everyone is sending out surveys. I'm gonna send out another one. So families out there, watch for that and please participate so that we know what you need. Um, as part of that, I'm hoping to also organize Zoom meetings for sort of three age groups, the preschool group, the school age group, and the teen group to see where things are at. I know there's a lot of talk about teens um, needing things to do um, or ways to connect. And it's, you know, in some case, in some sort of a, we're lucky that we have all these online possibilities, so we'll see where they take us. Um, I think basically from what I'm hearing from parents, everyone's doing their best in a crazy situation. Um, one sort of need issue coming up is the need for childcare, which I don't 
currently see a solution to in the age of physical distancing. Um, but just to put that out there, that that's a need. I think that's everything. Super. Thank you. Uh, I think Jennifer, you were going to report on the the mental health well being piece. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Um, here I am. Can you see me? You can see me. Okay. Um, so that was um, An Andrea and Orion Lee and I, and uh, so we uh, chatted a little bit about. Um, yeah, what did we chat about? <laughs> I didn't write any notes, but um, we chatted about that that there was a need. We felt that there was a need for um, more connection on the island. That there are some people that are. I personally feel like I know some young people that are um, very shy and very private, but also struggling um, with some need for connection. So, um, um, Orion Lee suggested. Um, recording and possibly doing a, a meditation that um that might be helpful for people to um sit in on um gee I, I can't remember what else we talked about we just um sort of shared that oh yes we i did um um i don't know how many people know that donna dreyer is doing this call three times a week and I haven't been on it myself, but it's three mornings per week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from eight to nine. And as far as I know, I think it's a, it's a mental health sort of check-in. Um, so I think that might be something that um, we need to get out more into the community to see if anybody needs that kind of support. Um, yeah. So there was just the, the three of us. So uh, Hollyhock has something going on Thursday mornings. They have a webinar pro webinar program um, that they're doing. There's information about that, I think, on the Tideline or the Hollyhock website. So that might be helpful for people to get some um, some help with um, feeling a little better. Yeah. Just for thank you, Jennifer, and just for clarity around Donna's. Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, my assumption, and I realize it's an assumption, is that she was available for individuals to call her on a one-on-one -on -one basis oh. during those three hours. Does somebody know otherwise? Oh, okay. I didn't know. That wasn't clear to me. I thought maybe that was a community thing that you could call in. and Because I, I kind of like the idea of starting some type, type of a group mm. um, sharing circle of some sort on Zoom for people to talk about... Um, yeah, a therapeutic type of thing, that kind of a thing. So I think that's a different thing because she's just offered her phone number, physically her phone number that people can call. So I think it's a just she's got open office hours for those three hours. Okay. Karina has something to add? Yeah, I talked to Donna about it last week. And indeed, it's like a walk-in clinic, but a talk-in clinic. So if you have something um that you want to call her for do that in those hours and um if a longer session would be needed she would advise you there but it's yeah this, so um the contact is not via voicemail this time as you get a real donna and it will be brief but she's there for you that's wonderful yeah. okay thanks for letting me know that okay um and did somebody on the 
in the group that I was part of, the sort of the longer term, term food growing security want to jump in. Um, I see Adam or Basil or where did everyone go? Max. Max has a terrible connection. Adam or Basil, do you want to jump in? Go ahead, Adam. Okay, I, I could attempt it. And since there are many people here who were in that group, including you, Nova, I'll, I'll, I'll count on support for, for making it accurate. So there was, uh, it was a good discussion, I thought, about long-term food security on the island. How can more food be grown here? And that ranged from um, what is the, how much food we, would we actually need in order to grow the or how much land we need to grow the food that we need on the island and what are all of the barriers to making that happen so that went from you know access to capital access to machinery um access to land and then what are the economics of growing food and actually getting paid for your work um and what are the things that we could do as a community to to change those equations to make it more viable um yeah the there were some good numbers provided by max who has a lot of experience with growing food on cortez and noba also has experience so it was a nice mix of people who have some real in the dirt on the ground literally um knowledge about this and other people who are less knowledgeable and have a lot of ideas or, or interest in, in helping support things happen. I think that would be my summary. There are, there's a, there's a working group that uh, Tamara at Linnea has kind of instigated looking at community gardens and how that can be coordinated, which wasn't the conversation that we had just now, but that conversation sort of fed into it. So I'd invite anyone else who is in that group to chime in if there's still any of the two minutes remaining. I think that's a fair high level summary. Uh, there's just a note from Aton here saying that he's keeping an at a glance list of news, resources, and tools at corteshelps.com. So please email Aton with uh, any info that should be there. I also want to say that I got a note from somebody uh, saying that they're you know not terribly well connected here on the island, but are looking to hire some folks to do some work around their place and how can they do that in a good way. So it kind of comes back to that, what I have, what I have to offer place. And I don't, Adam, did you or Aton want to give any kind of brief update on where that, that thinking is at, perhaps from a CETA perspective? I would say that the, the thinking is at that it's needed. Yeah. That we need a better way to do this. Um, and I'm the the CETA board. I think is going to be meeting soon, ahead sure. of our scheduled meeting, and I'll I will see if I can start more of a conversation at CETA about what our like what our role would like to be in that. Um, and Aton and I have continued to converse about possible platforms. The conversation needs to go further. I think, but I I've had a little shortage. Of no, totally fair. You you're, you're holding a lot. So it's seven. Um, if people have an extra two minutes, I would love it if you could unmute yourself and give me and each other any feedback about what to do next week. How can we 
make this more useful to more people, more in depth? Um, is it not next week? Do we need to do something else instead? Although I have committed to doing this, so I think we should do it for a few more weeks and see what happens. Um, just really welcome any thoughts. <laughs> Linda, there were always more news. So, okay, Karina, go ahead, Linda. Well, Karina, you had the mic, so you wanted more news? No, I said there will always be more news. I don't know if that's enough for one and a half hours, but there will always be something that is worthwhile to update the islanders about, you know? Okay. Yeah. And however, this is only 20 of a thousand of us, so there needs to certainly continue to be other other ways. Uh, Linda? Yeah, uh, is there on guideline something? <laughs> okay, it's Linda here. Um, I was just thinking about the town hall aspect of it so that more people can come in, uh, you know, like encouraging people to come in and discuss what's relevant for them and what's happening to them or around them or ask, being able to answer questions in a larger group more often than just the one time sort of thing. I'm not saying every week, but maybe once every two weeks or once a month, something like that. So what I'm hearing is a slightly less regular but less structured space for Q&A and just basic sharing about how you are and what's up? And for the whole community, like, like you had a town hall. So th this was available to anybody to join. There could have been 400 of us today. Would have been a whole different experience. Okay. So how would you um, make the offering different to to meet those objectives, Linda? Well, when I looked on the tideline, it was specific. It was more specific about the breakout groups and that kind of thing. Even when I looked at it, I was like not sure where, where I would fit in there at all. I see. And those are useful. You know, the breakout groups are definitely useful. Um, but I think that bigger, more general, just how are you doing and what are your issues type of thing might be valuable. We can certainly do that next week where we, if there's a number of people, we break people into just randomly selected groups and there's not a topic specific other than how are you? What do you need? What do you have? What's up? What's yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good idea. I'd really like to suggest that because I think there are um, some questions that I had that I would have liked to have asked and just got some more feedback on. So I think that's a good idea. I also know that um, Dess is talking about doing this, you know, with different family age groupings. I mean, we could do this every couple days in more intimate ways that is is more open rather than these topic specific. No, but can I just interject? Um, <clears throat> I know that uh, that Cortez um, Currents does a fantastic job of, of of updating and providing information, but a lot of people do not take the step to go there, and they tend to go to the Tideline, which often is a social calendar. But <clears throat> I, I mean, I often think I should suggest to Esther that she should have a special area that has to do with COVID community response on Cortez. And so when you're talking about asking um, a quick summary from the breakout group today, that summary, I think, should be provided in a written form. And the timeline still seems to be the place, the central place for that, which I think is what Linda was talking about, is how to 
maintain a forum that the most number of people on Cortez can access. And Tideline does have a COVID page. You need to go to the special sections tab and go down to COVID page. It's not very well populated right now, but that, that's up to us. Um, totally, totally fair. So I, I would love it if the people who spoke here in the updates could send me a few lines and I'm happy to compile them and, and put them up. And I see that Aton has put a link in the chat, COVID section of Cortez uh, uh, tagline. Any other thoughts for next week? And then we need to wrap up. And no, it's Chris. I just, um, I'm just thinking, um, I don't mind these weekly updates. I do believe they could be shorter. And um, I think if they're focused on the developments, uh, in other words, Let's get the breakout groups quicker, especially to see if there's any developments that are there. Um, if there are no updates by a specific breakout group, because work is underway to, in the case of the the uh, uh, community gardens um, aspect, if there's work underway, but we haven't got to a point where we can update, then maybe that group is deferred for the next discussion. So really it's agenda based kind of discussion, um, which would determine whether somebody attends or not. I do like the idea of the larger community meetings and they be very formally laid out or formally described as a community meeting, which would then be the vehicle where the community at large could hear updates from all the, all of the groups. And even if there's nothing to report, then at least that's the signal to the community. There's nothing further to report on that item, but at least that gives um, some predictability to the kind of reporting back to the community of what's out there and what, what's been happening. So I'm, I'm hearing two different things about the value of community meetings. I think from you, I'm hearing reporting out, which is very much what we did last week. And from others, Jennifer and others, I'm hearing a desire to not have have spaces where it's not about reporting out but rather just human checking in with human at a really just how are you i can't see you you know out and about anymore to ask you um and so perhaps those are different formats at different times no but one way to do that is to have different parts of the call that different people can participate in as they choose and part of that can even be that there's a formal section of the call with an agenda and the Zoom room remains open afterward if folks want to just chat also. And then it closes at a certain point. Okay. Okay, and I remain open to your input in the next handful of days. Uh, anything else from anyone who we haven't heard from? I see Carol London and Bertha and Jess. Any, Jess Coping, any final thoughts from those voices? Okay. Thank you everyone for your time and stay healthy and well and sane and all those good things. Blessings. Thanks, all my Bye. love. Hey, and you've been listening to a special live broadcast of uh, Cortez Community Town Hall on Zoom. We'll now resume our regularly canned programming. Here we go.